Today on Stick to Football, you get Baker versus Ellinger, the Battle of Austin. We're going to talk top five position groups, extending our conversation from Wednesday morning. We are going to draft the six key positions from the last six drafts and extended draft on draft question. Then we're actually just going to get into some draft on draft. Mellow is going to be a fun show. I'm excited. We are recording Thursday night at five o'clock. We have one hour to do this show so that we can go watch the NBA draft. Yes, we will be done in one hour's time. I'm, I'm excited about this one, too, because I actually get to argue a Baker Mayfield versus Sam Ellinger thing. I think you know whose side I'm going to be on. And then we had such a good draft on draft question that we just decided, fuck it, let's make this thing a whole segment. So we're going to do that tonight. We've too. never done that before. Uh, I Actually, we have. Oh, and I if people have ever wondered where we got the idea for top five, that somebody it made it an me. iTunes review and was like, power rank these wrestlers. That's and right. I'm like, let's do it. Like, who cares? We're going to do it. We're going to make our top five wrestlers. And we did it. Now top five is a staple. Let's uh, let's just jump right into it. I know that when this happened, I was uh, I was doing something yesterday and I got the, the alert in the BR app and it was like, Baker Mayfield doesn't like Sam Ellinger. And my first thought was, Mello is going to be pissed. <laughs> like, that so, was my actual first thought. And that's what Paige Kuhn, a lovely listener of the show, too, that's what she said. She even tweeted at me. She's like, Mello is going to be so pissed over this. Guess what? I'm not. I'm not pissed off at all about this because I don't want Baker Mayfield to like anybody that is a Texas Longhorn or that has been a Texas Longhorn. And I don't want any of the Texas Longhorns to like the Oklahoma guys. I can't remember which guy it was that we interviewed because we did so many back then that he said, you know, I think it was Florida State guys. I don't, I don't have any Florida State yeah. guys on my phone. That's what I want Texas OU to be. I don't want Baker Mayfield to be I like, oh, was, hey, Sam Ellinger. Was it Nick Chubb saying no, no Florida players? It might. It was something like that. And again, we, did, like we knocked out like three interviews that night, so yeah. it's hard for me to remember. together. But... Oh my God, that's terrifying. There's a little kid outside our glass in the office and they have their face pressed against the glass and they're staring at it. And it's terrifying right now. The podcasting normally, you don't get live reactions. That was terrifying. I think I got the picture. That was terrifying. It's still there. Yeah. It kind of looks like my girlfriend's kid, but they shouldn't be here. Come in, have a beer. So I don't think it's them. She sees you taking her picture. It's a girl. She sees you taking the picture. And she's like, uh-uh, I'm out of here. So, creepy. so let's back up. This is third Thursday in Joplin, where basically they close off the downtown from 7th to 1st Street, and they throw like a street fair festival. Our office sits in it's the middle. It's a great little attraction. Yeah. You got to be quick. You got to be quick. She's quicker than you. <laughs> Mello, she's going to be tweeting these weird pictures of the, I thought we had a ghost. I, I At first I was like, is that a person <laughs> staring? We've never had somebody uh-uh. stare at us through those little windows. Uh, okay. Let's get back to Ellinger and uh, Mayfield. Who I'm shook now. They can just listen, whatever. <laughs> uh, she's in like a leotard. We should be charging. So uh, here's my take. I am with you. I love that there should be a rivalry. There really should be. There should be an OU versus Texas rivalry. But it should be OU versus Texas. Baker's in his second year in the NFL. And I know right. that the Baker stands, and there are a fuckload of you, are going to come at me and say, he was at an OU football camp. What do you expect him to do? Yeah, and I, I'll kind of play devil's advocate here for Baker because I actually I don't feel like I do that enough, and I don't support him, but I, I'll give you this argument for him. Somebody put a microphone in front of him, and they ask him about Sam Ellinger. I, you know who Baker Mayfield is. You know he doesn't hide his opinion on anybody. 
So he's not going to do that here. But I also am a Texas Longhorn fan, and I really like Sam Ellinger. And I do think that maybe Baker Mayfield is a little bit upset that Sam Ellinger is absolutely running the city that Baker Mayfield grew up in. Oh. Austin, Texas. Oh. So he's just like taking my man's hometown. Yeah. It's like a, that Eric Church song, Give Me Back My Hometown. Yeah. That's a Baker thing. I don't think Sam is going to give it back anytime soon. I think that dude stays for two more years and he might be like a put a trophy out front kind of guy. I will say that Baker has like threefold reasons to hate Texas. He's from Austin and yep. wasn't recruited there. When he left Texas Tech, I don't believe they wanted him. And then he went to Oklahoma. So right. you're basically like sworn to hate all things burnt orange at that point. Yeah, so it does make a lot of sense if you are Baker Mayfield. But one point that you did bring up is you can't be a franchise quarterback of the Cleveland Browns that finally looks like you're going to turn it around and be coming out and still talking about college players or your teammates. Like eventually somebody from the upper management or the head coach or one of these veteran leaders has to sit him down and say, this is how you're going to handle these questions. This is what you do. This is what you say. It might be plain vanilla boring, but I would rather have that than have him taking these shots at guys who are still in college or talking about his own teammates to the media. I just don't think there's a place for that in the NFL. And Tom Brady doesn't talk shit about Ohio State. He doesn't even talk to people. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, we don't see that from anyone else. No, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that are very successful in the NFL. You start with Brady. Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Andrew Rogers Rodgers has enough feuds on his own. He doesn't need to branch out of his own circle. Yeah, but even when he talks to the media, I don't feel like he ever really says anything that kind. Do you think that's refreshing, though? That we're in this day and age of, because of social media, we feel like we have better, closer access to players. So is it refreshing that a player is like, you know what, I'm not going to give you the same old bullshit line? Because I... I do think that there is some at some point someone's going to break the mold, right? Like like LeBron did in the NBA. LeBron broke the mold of how the media touches a player, how they interact with that player. Maybe that's what Baker will be. I think you are definitely right. I think he will be the guy that kind of changes things. And if he stays on the kind of trajectory he's on and he is the player that it looks like he's going to be, I don't see him changing it and not being this brash individual that he is. So you could be very right there that Players will start giving you these real, honest answers. I don't know how it will play in a locker room, uh, especially when you're talking about a teammate, but I, I do think the media is going to be all over Could it. Could you imagine Peyton Manning being like, fuck the Gators? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Hated those guys. Uh, he probably thinks it, but he's not saying it. You know he thinks it. I mean, right. his dad went to Ole Miss, and then right. he goes to Tennessee. Like, he obviously hates Florida. Right. Has to. Uh, let's keep it right here with Oklahoma. Or wait, I want to say one more thing. If Baker, like the only thing that matters is the Browns have to win because if they win, it's going to be my man's the Pied Piper. He's changing the game. He's the best leader in football. Everyone wants to follow him. If they lose, it's going to be like, shut your mouth. Oh, yeah. I mean, if they start out 500 or below, I think the shtick could rub people raw and be over it. And then they start talking about how there needs to be change. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it with OU. Lincoln Riley. Uh, I think he might be one of the best recruiters in college football. He is the best quarterbacks coach in college football. He gets uh, former Georgia assistant Shane Beamer. That's a famous last name. They go into the state of Georgia from Oklahoma. A hard thing to do. You don't have a pipeline into Georgia if you're at Oklahoma. But they go down there and they steal the number one ranked quarterback prospect for 2021, according to rivals, Brock Vandegrift. How the hell 
do they do this? I actually am going to answer my own question. They do this because you have the reigning Heisman Trophy winners, one and two, yep. and the last two number one picks in the draft. Lincoln Riley can recruit quarterbacks. All you got to do is be like, hey, I'm interested. This would be like Ryan Gosling trying to pick up chicks five years ago. All you got to do is like say, hey, I want you. And they're like, okay, <laughs> You don't cool. even have to break out the line that I can do the thing from Dirty Dancing. Right. Like, you, just, you show up you just and you show say, up. all right. Yeah, you would be like the Will Chamberlain back in the days with the Lakers. Yeah. Just points to a girl in the crowd, send her to the locker. Yeah, that's all you got to do. That's what Lincoln Riley does as a recruiter. But if I were a player, I would want to know right now if he's going to be there for the long haul because we don't we uh, believe the NFL is going to come calling. So how long will it be before Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL? I think that's the question. If I were Brock Vandegrift. I'd get a nickname, and then <laughs> I would want to ask Lincoln Riley, hey, I'm not even going to show up till 2021. Are you going to be here in 2024 or 2025? Yeah, and I think that's a very fair point, but the kind of the messed up thing with college football is all these coaches are going to say, no, this is my dream job. This is where I want to be for the future. I don't ever plan on leaving here. I'm going to be here when you get here, and the reality of it is most of those guys aren't going to do that. I mean, they might be there for eight years. You might get lucky enough to have the same coach, but a guy like Lincoln Riley, whose name is being tied to the NFL with every job opening, I think before too long, he's going to have to, he's going to want to take that chance. He's going to want to take his game to the NFL. That seems like most people do. I know maybe I'm a little different because I love college football and it's, it's my go-to source of football, but most people dream of being a head coach in the NFL. You dream of winning Super Bowls, not national championships. So I think that Lincoln Riley, unless he's like me, is going to have that same kind of mindset to where eventually he's going to want to see what the NFL has, just like a Nick Saban type guy. Yeah, I, man, I love what Lincoln Riley does. And it, I, I always think back to when we got the shocking news that Bob Stoops was going to retire. And we were like, who's going to take his place? They could they, they could hire anyone they want. And they're like, no, we're tabbing this internal guy yeah. that really I don't think a lot of people outside the Big 12 had heard of. And it was about this time of year, too, yeah. when he just up and retired and shocked the world, I think. But, I mean, they definitely, Lincoln Riley is absolutely killing it at Oklahoma. I hope he goes to the NFL soon. Another interesting thing about this is, they already have the number one recruit coming in for 2020 and Rattler, or sorry, coming in next year for, with Rattler. They're going to get this same kind of thing with Georgia where they're just getting these guys in and eventually they're going to have to transfer out. Yeah, and it's going to be it's gonna be wild to watch Oklahoma. We talked about on the Friday show just how deep they are at running back. Now they just keep adding them at quarterback. They're going to be like Georgia at some point right. where it's like, okay, how do these guys all play together? At least with this Rattler, is that right? Is that, yeah. that is a cool last name. I know. He should have stayed in Arizona. Ah, uh, yeah. Spencer Rattler, I believe is his name. Yeah, that name is. just, it would have played. Cool or should have went to Texas. Yeah, should have went to Texas. <laughs> Rattler, and then you have a, a gap year, basically, and then Vandegrift comes in. We really got to work on a nickname for my man. Uh, our, our good friend, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, was talking on radio, I think it was. I apologize. It might have been his podcast, Move the Sticks, which is must listen to. He was talking about Cliff Kingsbury's offense translating to the NFL, what it will be like, how to be different. And I, I heard this, and I want to pull it out. He was talking about how the wide receivers are going to focus on space, not traditional route trees. And when I heard this, my first thought was, well, they drafted three receivers. They have Christian Kirk. They already had Larry Fitzgerald. They're going to try to get those dudes on the field right away because a lot of the problems for a young receiver is learning the route tree. But if you're taught 
defined space. This is your route path. This is the area of the field we want you to be, but everything's an option route. Just find space and we'll get you the ball. I think that it, if that works, it's going to be amazing. That puts, and you know this, you played the position. It puts so much pressure on the quarterback to find those guys. And a very small How do you quarterback. throw with anticipation? Right. I And it's blows my mind. I don't know how it's going to work because so much of getting open in the NFL is about timing. And like you said, throwing with anticipation because you know a guy is going to run five yards and then he's going to break. So you can put the ball right there before he does it. I don't know how this works, but I'm also not half as smart as Cliff Kingsbury is when it comes to an offense. So maybe he has this mastermind plan of what he's going to do and it's going to work out very well. I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. I, I'm a visual person. I can't see how this is going to work. It it kind of sounds like an NBA offense to me where you're going to get two guys in the same spot at one time and where you're occupying space. And then if you have two guys in the same spot, that's probably not a very good throw. <laughs> right. I, they're just going to fight over it. They essentially, one of them becomes a defender almost. Yeah, I don't know how that will work. I'm excited for the preseason to watch the Cardinals. I will watch every one of their preseason games. And I know we're not going to get the full picture, but we're going to get enough of it that I really want to see what happens there. Uh, I wrote an article. We don't talk about this enough. That's something that's going to be changing uh, at Stick to Football. We're going to try to have more synergy between video content the, the written content and podcast. So I wanted to, if, I know you don't read my articles because you hate me. Hopefully all, all of our listeners do. Should teams tank for Tua? I know it's catchy as hell. It's a great hashtag, mm-hmm. but should it happen? I, I don't want to spoil it for you in the article. What do you think? I think if you are a team on the verge, like the Bengals, uh, I was going to say the Dolphins, but I don't even think they, they should see what they have with Josh Rosen. But let's just use the Bengals. Yes, absolutely, I think you should. Because what you have with Andy Dalton, maybe he can win you a couple playoff games. Maybe he's good enough to get you to a Super Bowl, but I don't think he is. You're going to need one hell of a defense. And the way the NFL works, you have to have a quarterback. You absolutely have to have a quarterback. I know that like the 2000 Ravens, they won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. I think it's been a pretty long time since we've seen a team win a Super Bowl that didn't have an elite-level quarterback. So if I'm one of those teams probably towards the bottom, and I need a quarterback, you bet your ass I'm going to tank for a quarterback in this class because, I mean, they don't come around that often. You look at guys like E.J. Manuel who have been the first quarterback taken in some years. Sometimes we make quarterbacks happen even though they're not really there to be a first-rounder. So if I'm a team like the Bengals, yeah, I'm going to tank for Tua. So I said no, and I said no because I don't think he's proven yet. Like he hasn't stayed healthy for a season yet. And I know like that might not be his fault, but we need to see that. I also think there's some, uh, you know, his arm strength isn't great. Like it's pretty good. It's not great. So I think there's actually some holes to his game to where mm-hmm. you would have to decide right now to tank. That's true. I think it's too early. Now, if I was going to take it for Trevor Lawrence, right? Yeah. You might want to start that now so you can go. Owen 16. Yes, please. And, and really secure him. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for this. After the break, we are going to finish what we started. Damn it. On Wednesday, we gave you the top five schools at every position. Now you get the top five schools overall. So who has the best position group? We're going to give you our top fives, not a draft, just mine against yours. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back right after this. It's time to give you the top five position groups overall. 
And when we were talking about this, I like confused myself. Like, wait, what does that mean? So basically, on Wednesday, we ran through the top five schools at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, O-line, D-line, linebacker, DB. Today, you were going to get the top five of those groups. And like I said, it's not a draft. It's your five teams, my five teams. I thought a draft would be confusing as hell when it came It would to be, especially with like the same team being in there so many different times. I thought it would be confusing as well. So we'll go top five. I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, let's start here. I'm going to go with number five. So you're getting a countdown. My number five group is those Oklahoma running backs. We talked a lot on Wednesday about the depth that they have. Like you said, when we saw Rodney Anderson go down last year, it was like, oh man, there goes the offense. No, Kennedy Brooks came in as a redshirt freshman, played very well. They have Trey Sermon. They have TJ Pledger coming in as a true sophomore this year. Oklahoma is loaded at the running back position. And if you want to put in Jalen Hurts there as a runner with the ball in his hands too, I wouldn't be mad at you. Okay, so I have a confession to make. I messed up on the rundown, as you probably noticed very quickly. But we're starting at number five. I'm going to go with the all-world quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, because I think he is so okay, good. Okay, I wondered where you were going. Yeah, so okay. he's so good by himself. <laughs> I think that he deserves to be up in this top five. And then a backup quarterback like Bryce, who I think, like I said before on the show, I think he can come in and he can win some games. Uh, for Clemson, maybe even gets the chance to do so after Trevor Lawrence is gone if he does decide to come out after three years. I fixed the rundown for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm just trying to confuse you while you talk. Number four for me, I went the Alabama linebacking core. Dylan Moses is one of my favorite players in college football. We talked about the fact that guys like Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis, they're going to be back uh, hopefully healthy this year. There is first-round potential from both those guys. So three potential first-rounders at linebacker, and that doesn't include sophomore Ale Cahoe, who is very, very exciting. We're expecting big things from him stepping into a a full-time starting role as a true sophomore at Alabama. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and with Alabama, you know that they're going to have people step up. They always do. They'll have this top-end recruit come in, especially at linebacker. They don't play a whole lot their freshman year, and then boom, sophomore year, All-American. I mean, look at the guy in Dylan Moses that they already have. A lot of those linebackers are going to be the same way. You, or you look at uh, Landon Collins was a guy that they had who was one of the top recruits in the nation, came in, really struggled to get on the field his freshman year, and then his sophomore year looked like one of the best safeties in the nation. My number four group is I'm going to go with offensive line. I'm going with those big boys at Oregon. I'm really excited to see what they can do this year. I really think that's a very good team. And yes, I'm sticking to my guns. They win the Pac-12 North easily. I know that Washington's up there, Ruben. I remember. And and the Oreo. I know that Stanford's going to be very good, too. But I really like this Oregon team, and it starts up front. You win football games in the trenches, and they have six badass dudes coming back on that offensive line. Yeah, that is a very good offensive line. I may have. I don't want to ever admit that I was wrong. I may have undersold them on the offensive line group. I think you did. Maybe a little bit. But... My top offensive line, number three on my list, is Iowa. Like I said, the two best offensive tackles in the 2019 college football season and in the 2020 NFL draft class both play at Iowa. How can they not be the top offensive line when you have Alaric uh, Johnson, 
Jackson, excuse me, and Tristan Wharfs at right tackle. Like those are your dudes protecting Nate Stanley. Those the bookends are the most important part. I know Oregon's got a good center. I know mm-hmm. they have good guards. Though these are the two best tackles in college football. So Iowa's offensive line gets the nod for me. Uh, no, they're not as accomplished as Oregon on the interior, but I think the tackles are better and they are just so well coached. I think we'll see a big step up from the interior for them. Yeah, I do too. And I really like both of those tackles too. I think I like Jackson a little bit more. I think you have worth higher. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I mean, we'll get to watch them. I, it's so easy with Iowa because you can scout the top two at a position and you only have to watch Same one game. team. I mean, we got it last year with the tight ends. We're going to get it uh, this coming season with their tackles. The number three position group for me, I'm actually going to go with the Clemson wide receivers. I think the loss of Armani Rogers took a a big hit to them, and that's why I'm going to slate them here at the number three spot. I think if he's healthy, they come back, and they're the one of the best position groups in all of the nation. But for right now, I'm going to leave them at number three because there is some unproven talent there behind them, but they also still have T. Higgins and Justin Ross. They might be like the number two and number three receiver after Jerry Judy in the nation. They really might be. They're really special, which is why I have them at number two overall. Like you said, T. Higgins is the man. I think Justin Ross might be better, which yep. is, is crazy because T. Higgins has been the guy there for three years now, and everybody's like, oh, T. Higgins is the, the next. You know, he's the next Nuke. He's the next Mike Williams, the next Sammy Watkins. But now you look at Justin Ross, and you're like, wait a second. The next next might already right. be there. Yeah, he really might be. That's just how good they are at recruiting, how good they are at developing. It, like we were talking about Lincoln Riley earlier, if you're a quarterback and he follows you on Twitter – you're like, that. I've made it. But it's, it should be the same way, that if Dabo or Jeff Scott follows you on Twitter and you're a receiver, you should be freaking out right now. Yeah, just go ahead and accept that offer as soon no as joke. they send it. And you mentioned Lincoln Riley, and I'm going to pull up another Oklahoma team here. I'm going to go with their running backs, too. You kind of already talked about them. But the depth that they have, the fact that there are three guys that could probably lead the Big 12 in rushing next year, just pick and choose which one you want. Very good running back group they're going to need to be because they lose four linemen but they've got a lot of depth at running back i really like what they have yeah they're they're very good which sucks for us texas fans the number one overall position group in all of college football for the upcoming year duh it's alabama it's, and it's alabama, alabama wide receivers. receivers they're good jerry judy henry ruggs it's just beautiful the gap between one and two is ridiculously just it's huge and between two and three because i mean they also have uh, jalen waddle and devontas like devonta smith probably doesn't get enough love because we talk so much yeah. about we talk <laughs> the about fourth receiver three, on that team but he would probably be the number one at any other school well, in the I, sec i wouldn't be surprised if he was a first round pick if yeah. they had four first round receivers on that team i would not be surprised i i think the other three you look at judy absolutely first round pick yeah. i think waddle and i think rugs will also sneak into the first round i think when rugs could at least a 421 exactly people exactly. are going to be like oh. and then jalen waddle was already the number one recruit out receiver so you know that he's going to be good. I think he's going to have another great year. I might not drink the whole day when we do LSU at Alabama just because I want to be laser focused <laughs> on the game. Like I might wear a suit. Yeah. We need never mind. I was going to say something bad. But we do need to stay laser focused for that game. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing one. Alabama wide receivers are up there. You guys have been great at tweeting us. Let us know. Do we miss someone? Or are we just flat out wrong about it? Hit us up at Stick to Football. Let us know where we went wrong on the top position groups. 
I loved this draft on draft question so much. And you, I want to give you credit because you sent it to me a screenshot, but I want to give credit to our guy, Charlie Maliska, who is uh, one of my new favorite listeners that we have dudes on fire with the questions, with the Twitter interactions. He sends us this question, pick one from each of the last six drafts to start a team with quarterback, wide receiver, left tackle, D line linebacker, DB. And you have to pick one, one, from the 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 class. So basically, you get one pick from each year, mm-hmm. and you get and one you pick at each position. Roster. So this is how we're doing it. We're doing it as a draft, and I we will find a way to make a graphic about this because I don't know if you guys are like me. If I was driving listening to this, I would be like, okay, that's their team. I need to see it. Yeah, no way in hell I could keep We've been doing this. a lot of like home uh, improvement-type projects. On I, I bought a house last year. We're finally doing stuff. And my girlfriend keeps like reading me directions. I'm like, that doesn't work for me. I got to see it. Like, I, I can't I can't listen and comprehend. I'm, I'm the same way. No auditory learning going on No, here. none. I don't know crazy why not. Because I love podcasts. <laughs> That's, yeah. I can't listen to a lecture, but like if you want me to do something, I've got to be able to see it. Right. If you want me to follow directions, I got to read them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's jump into this now that we've told you that we don't even understand what we're doing. I'm actually going to give you the first pick. Okay. Oh, then you put me on the spot, though, because <laughs> I think you're baiting me. I am. Because you want me to take Sir Patrick Mahomes. I do. I want you to knock off that 2017 class. You can't take anyone else out of it if you take Mahomes. Okay. Well, are you ready for a mind fuck then? Yeah. With the first pick in the 6-6 six and six draft, I'm going to take... Landon Collins from what? the 2015 draft. That draft sucked. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. So good luck finding somebody else that's worth a shit for your team because I'm taking Landon Collins. Well, guess what, sir? <laughs> I was prepared to do something very similar, <laughs> but I'm going to wait because it doesn't matter. So with the I, okay, so I now can choose basically any player drafted in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think you did this right, Mello. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes from okay. the 2017 draft at quarterback. So now I have my quarterback in 2017 marked off. That's all right. There's another good quarterback there in 2017 that I can just Deshaun wait. Sean Watson? Exactly. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. Now he's going to be my last yeah. pick. And <laughs> right. I'm up next. Uh, so with my pick, I can pick almost anybody except for Landon Collins. I'm going to go with, you took your quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. Okay, I'm going to take OBJ. At receiver because 2014, I, was, a, 2014 yeah. was a very good draft. I think that he is one of the best players in the league, one of the best receivers I've ever seen play. So I'm going to take him before you can snatch him up. Okay. So you have a receiver and a DB. So I am going to take from the 2014 draft as well, even though I know you can't. I still just want to, this is how my mind works. I'm going to take Aaron Donald. Okay. So my, I have my D lineman. It's Aaron Donald. Okay. This is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because there's a lot I of strategy. I was so strategic about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I just took Landon Collins yeah. first overall out of the entire fucking NFL, <laughs> which is why with my next pick, I have to take somebody from 2015 or 2019. I'm going to take Devin White Okay. from the 2019 class. One of my favorite linebackers uh, to scout, to watch. I really think that he's going to be special. And if I had to take a rookie from 2019, like I do here, I'm going to take him. I really love his game and the way that he plays. I think he's probably going to be a rookie of the year. So I am going to take from 2015 because I have to take someone from this draft. I'm going to take Brandon Scherf to be my offensive lineman. I know it says left tackle, but I 
Right. I don't right. care. He can play offense. He can play left tackle. So I got my left tackle and my 2015 done. Okay. I just want you to know I'm kicking your ass at this. <laughs> okay. Well, I have to take somebody from the 2018 draft. Yep. Somebody from the 2016 draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, because you've taken let's you've taken OBJ, so you got uh-huh. 2014. You took Landon Collins, 2015, and you yeah. got 2019 with Devin White. No shit, so I. So you did. need 16, 17, 18. Okay, you're kicking my ass here. Yep, it's <laughs> not even fair. Uh, <laughs> I'm really good at chess. I don't know if that helps you. <laughs> oh, I thought we were playing checkers. I'm going to take Bradley Chubb from 2018. That's I had him to on be my, my list. defensive line. That's a good one. Yeah, it's not Aaron Donald, but that's good. <laughs> So I need someone from 2016. I've filled a lot of my needs here. So I'm actually going to take Michael Thomas at wide receiver. Yeah, you won. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have 2016 and 2017 left. Uh, so I'm going to take, I need an offensive lineman or a quarterback. There are like no offensive linemen in 2017. No, there weren't. Or 2016. All right. Well, I'm going to take Laramie Tunsil to be my offensive lineman from 2016. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I said the other day, I think he's one of the best young offensive linemen. I do football, too. I think so. he's kind of underrated. So I need a linebacker uh, from 2017 or 2018, and I need a defensive back. So this has actually worked out perfect for me. 2018 was loaded at linebacker. Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds. I'm actually going to take the guy drafted third at linebacker. I'm going to take Leighton Vander. He had such a good rookie season playing alongside Jalen Smith. Yeah, and like you could even say Darius Leonard here uh, in the second round, but I just like Leighton Vander so much that Very I'm going to take, take my guy. You know all our Colts listeners are going to hate that because yeah, they passed fine. up Darius Leonard. That's okay. I think I'm last picking it. I get Deshaun Watson as my quarterback in 2017. Yeah, so my last pick has to be a defensive back. Um, which uh, kind of sucks because this wasn't a very good corner class. So I think there's people like, what What are you doing? That's okay. I believe in Greedy Williams. I'm going to take him here because I think Greedy yeah. Williams will be the next Jalen Ramsey. Second round pick to the Cleveland Browns, yeah. Greedy so Williams. So my team, <laughs> Patrick <Shut> Mahomes, <laughs> Michael Thomas, Brandon Scherf, Aaron Donald, Leighton Van Der Esch, Greedy Williams. Your team's not bad. I do want to say that. Deshaun Watson... OBJ, Laramie Tunsil. Like, I think that's, that's a, good a push. Offense. Like, that's a push between us there. Bradley Chubb, Devin White, Landon Collins. You went southeast on your defense. <laughs> Who did you take from 2015? Uh, 2015, I took Brandon Scherf. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Just making Those, sure you're not trying our, to slide one by me. No, that that's it. So that's our six and six draft. Tweet us. Let us know who won. And send us more <laughs> yeah, ideas yeah. like this. Tweet us. I love these see. things. You know what I really want to start doing is like you have $15, build a team. Oh, yeah. We do need to bring that up because yeah. one of our listeners sent us that, that we yeah. should do it. We, we need to put a graphic together and just figure out. When Connor gets back from vacation, maybe like, who are we going to put on that list and how much money are they worth? That's a lot of fun, guys. Tweet us, give us some ideas, uh, or let us know what we should have done or didn't do. Khalil Mack didn't get drafted, so go go figure (laughs) that one out. Whoops. Draft on draft time. I already opened my beer, so you don't get the, but you can imagine it or make your own sound. That'd be great. Patrick Chamberlain, the front runner for Sticky of the Year. I, I don't know, actually. I feel like the last week... There have been some contenders. I do, too. And he even came out and he kind of nominated Andrew Harbaugh, the Harbs. So I don't I don't know. There is a lot going on with the sticky awards. And I even tweeted it out last night, the other night, that people should leave their five star 
iTunes review. If it's not five stars, I'm not even going to read it. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But you leave us a five-star review and you tell us which award you think you should win or maybe just tell us the award you think somebody else should win. Yeah, I like it a lot. Patrick Chamberlain's up there. I don't know if you saw our guy, uh, It Means No Corey's, his beer chug. With the ice bucket he did, challenge, he was like, too. someone five years ago challenged me to do the ice bucket. I'm just going to knock it all off today. <laughs> like, that was honestly, legendary. Like, I think almost everybody needs to do that because everyone got I, nominated I never at did some it. point. Yeah, I need the pie in the face thing still. So maybe all <laughs> maybe Saturday when we do our boys weekend. Let's we knock out every internet challenge. Anything that has been out there, I'm going to do it on Saturday. All right, Patrick Chamberlain says, who is currently the most underrated NFL player on the offensive and defensive side of the ball? Bonus points. Ooh, I like those. To Mello, if he picks anyone other than Puna Ford for defense. Uh, well, I'm not going to pick Puna Ford, even though we all know that is probably the correct answer. Uh, I'm going to go with on defense. I'm going to go with your guy, DeForest Buckner. I think that yeah. he is really hit on defensive line. And even though the 49ers have really struggled to get other guys and other pieces in there with him, I don't think enough people talk about him and the like, you know, the Aaron Donald type defender. He is one of the best defensive linemen in the entire league and no one ever talks about him. Yeah. So I actually wanted to like avoid the Homer route here and like not mm -hmm. pick any 49ers or Patriots because people know I, I have a little bit of a thing there. But he, here's the problem that I ran into. I want to pick Chris Jones for defense. Mm. The dude had 13 sacks last year, and no one talks about it because he's not Aaron Donald. Right. But he was probably the third best defensive tackle in football last year, and I don't know how many people know that outside of the northwestern part of Missouri. I think that's a great pick. I mean, you talk about homers. I would definitely pick that one as a homer as well. Uh, but he is underrated. I didn't pick him. We just picked for our favorite team, so that's how yeah, that works. Yeah, just pick the opposites here. I mean, I could, I could go all day. I still think that Eddie Goldman for the Bears is one of the most underrated defensive tackles. In I football. mean, we're just going to name a bunch of defensive linemen, yeah, pretty much like that's... linebackers and defensive backs. Right. They always do get love. Uh, linebackers, it's super easy because you just look and you see who had the most tackles. Right? How okay, about our guy Tony good. Jefferson at safety? I actually, I thought that's who you were going to pick. Yeah, I, Tony Jefferson, Brandon Williams, two Baltimore Ravens that are super underrated. Uh, how about on? Offense. I think this is harder because offensive guys get so much attention, but I'm, I God, I don't want to pick two chiefs. I think Mitchell Schwartz is the best right mm. tackle in football. No one talks about it. He wasn't even an all pro. Yeah. Yeah. I or agree. A, he wasn't, he a, wasn't pro a pro bowler. Excuse me. He was an all pro, but not a pro bowler. Yeah. So, so I think fans he don't really know him. a lot of attention. Yeah. And I'm going to stick with the offensive line too, because I've always liked Dwayne Brown as a yeah. left tackle. And I really thought he got a raw deal. He was with Houston. Now he was in with Seattle. I think he's still there. Mm -hmm. I think that he is a very good left tackle and nobody talks about him enough and what he was able to do. I mean, that Seahawks line kind of fell apart without him. And then you are sorry, the Texans offensive line. Then he goes and he helps out Seattle. I think that he's one of the best tackles that at least nobody's talking about. Kenny Galladay with the Lions would be another one that I really like. I don't know if Philip Lindsay counts, but uh, he's still, you know, he's not considered one of the best. Yeah. A year ago, I would have said George Kittle. I like really would have. Mello knows that was my guy. I was like all about him. I think Devontae Adams is incredibly underrated, and he is probably one of the best seven or eight receivers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys on offense. I still think Deshaun Watson's underrated. Yeah. I mean, they won 11 games last year with Deshaun Watson. Like, Can I go off that's topic? A quick turnaround. Because I saw this on Twitter with the Six Football Hall of Fame. Dak Prescott is one of the most <laughs> underrated players in the NFL. Uh, what clearly the fuck is. are you guys talking about? Yeah. How saying he sucks? I I would like to point you to some 
other football. Watch the Dolphins or the Bengals or the the Raiders. Yeah, watch the Titans or the the Bucks. We should maybe power rank our quarterbacks. I saw a lot of them coming out and power ranking their quarterbacks. I mean, he's he's winning football games, and I know that uh, one of the arguments is like, well, he has a lot around him. Like, well, it's football. It takes a lot of pieces to be successful. I mean, you look at uh, the older Carr brother. He probably could have been pretty damn good if he had anything at all around him, but he didn't. So he sucked. Or you look at the younger Carr brother. I can't ever keep him straight. Yeah. When he had good talent around him, he was pretty good. He tore up the Chiefs for a couple of years. And I think the Armani, Armani Cooper thing, he just needed a change of scene. Yeah. So even with that one, I think it's different. Keenan Allen. There's one more name for you. I love Keenan Allen. Yeah. He's the best route runner. Yeah, Connor brought him up uh, when we did our best trios, and I agreed with him too. It's yeah. like that guy does not get talked about, and he just keeps getting the job done. Yeah, and Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore. Bull Bettler, who is was your favorite unorthodox player in the NFL, whether it be because of height, size, speed, personality? His is Jason Seahorn, white corner. Right? I remember like the day I found out Jason Seahorn was white because he always wore long sleeves. I think mm-hmm. I finally saw like his Madden character is like, why the, why the hell is Jason Seahorn white? Oh, cause That's he is white. Uh, for me, a player that I loved, who was one of my favorite kind of unorthodox guys. I thought Antonio Cromartie was going to set the league on fire when he measured it like six foot three. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be a shutdown corner out of Florida state. I really liked him. I thought he was going to be great. And he did have a long career. Had a lot of kids, but I liked him. He was one of the guys that came to mind. <laughs> uh, so mine, and I know I talk about this guy a lot, it's Bob Sanders because he was small as so safety, small. but he was so fiscal. I remember watching him knock himself out of a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, always constantly leading yeah. with his head. He would hit anybody, anyone that moved. Yeah. He probably tackled some corners and before. I, I don't know if I still feel this way, but I used to. I loved Fontes Perfect. Like out of now, college. Out of college. Now it's like, okay, he probably needs to see someone. Out of college, <laughs> I loved him. And I ever in college, you would like talk to I was pretty early at BR then. You talk to like people at the school and be like, well, he got he got in trouble because there was a fight in the locker room and he hit a teammate with his helmet. Good like, God. Wait, how? He picked his helmet up and swung it at him. <laughs> That's how. Oh. Okay. You kind of like that linebacker, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you could have ever like honed in his aggression. Like the water boy, that's yeah. who he would have been. Right. No one would have been He's able with the to Raiders. Block him. Hard knocks is gonna be amazing. I need hard knocks to be like eighteen hours long per episode. It seemed like they always pick a few characters that they follow through camp. He should be one. He probably won't be though. Right? Because the Raiders don't want the camera in front of him. No. God no. It'd be great. Justin Tarbell, the barbell, pick two NFL players to run for president and vice president of the United States. So if you're giving me like the first pick here, yeah. I think it's got to be Tom Brady. It has to be. The dude, he does everything well. I bet he could step in right now and do an exceptional job as president. Low bar. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you did. So my with one of my picks, I'm definitely going to say Tom Brady. The well, guy just wins. Would Jimmy Garoppolo be his vice president then? <laughs> or Jacoby Brissett? Right. Somebody like that. Matt oh, Castle? Man, I do feel like quarterback is the, the, the I position, do you know? Where like they should be the guy running the the country, the team, but I think a lot of offensive linemen are underrated for their intelligence. So I would want Quentin Nelson as my vice president because vice president a lot of times is like they're the attack dog, they're the mouthpiece, they're the guy that can go out there and kind of say whatever and not it's not going to be as much of a problem. I, we don't have that as much anymore. But like Joe Biden was that way, you know, and like uh, 
uh, um, whatever Bush is, VP. I just went brain dead. Cheney. He was kind of that way, <laughs> I know, too. I was like, Vice. What yeah, was Vice. Yeah, who was he? So I think Quentin Nelson would be a great vice yeah. president. For president, though, uh, that's tough. I want, I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey. I think you just need somebody Ooh. who's confident in their self. They have a great ability. They can... a quarter. Uh, President, I can't even talk tonight. President, they're they're isolated a lot. They're out on an island. Jalen Ramsey can handle himself on an island, make decisions. He's got short memory, can't rattle him. Yeah, my my next guy, I would say Russell Wilson, but just because oh God, I'm going to stick with quarterbacks. That's such a great like, one. He's such a good face for that Seahawks organization. He's ne- like never yeah. caused any problems. Right. He handled a transfer from North Carolina State to Wisconsin very well. That's a very good answer. Yeah. I was going to say Andrew Luck, but like China would be like, we're going to nuke you. And he'd be like, oh, guys, come on. <laughs> Shucks. Don't be too hard on us. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's that was a big bomb. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just not. I love Andrew Luck, but he's he and Philip Rivers are way too nice. Yeah, he would he would have to have a different position. Philip Rivers with his bolo tie would be a great ambassador somewhere though. Oh yeah, Death Wranglers <laughs> and his bolo tie. All right, same question, but for college football. You gotta take two college football players. Trevor Lawrence is the only option I will accept at quarter at president. Exactly. And that's who I have down too. Like you look at what he's done already. I think that he's gonna start to get more media and we're gonna realize just how perfect of a human being yeah. this guy is. Also for consideration, Grant Delpit. Yeah, defense for Heisman, defense for president. Yeah, Grant Delpit and Caden Stearns, president, vice president. We would be there would be no issues in the country. <laughs> like everything would be solved with class. Oh, how about our guy Sam Ellinger? He's handled he handled the Baker stuff very he, well. You know he really did. And I even did another podcast this week, and I said I'm not really a like a big fan of his yet. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon and say like he's a first round quarterback. But he is he's handled himself at Texas very well for a guy that stepped in and was a freshman starting quarterback who took yeah. the job from somebody else. And you even look at the rapport that. You know, Shane Bouchelle and him have. They obviously worked that out very well together. So maybe I just picked those two as president and vice president. They've already shown that they can be successful mm-hmm. and work together. Andrew Harbaugh, Harbs the Carbs, was thinking of this the other day. Thanks for letting us know that. How would you rank the sports based on who has the best draft, offseason, regular season, trade deadline, and postseason? I think I saw you answer this on Twitter. I but, did. But I didn't get a chance to. The best draft is the NFL. And I know we're about to go watch the NBA draft. It's Mm -hmm. exciting. There's just too many trades. Way too many trades. I mean, how many millions of people showed up in Nashville and flooded the streets to watch somebody read a name off of a card? I mean, it's it has to be the NFL for the draft. And it's not just because that's what we cover. I don't think anybody else even remotely close covers the draft like the NFL does. Yeah. And so how about off season? So I actually think the NBA does the off season. Well, it is a soap opera and it's immediately after the season. ends. Exactly. It's like like, season ends. Here's the draft. Kawhi's already like doing it. It's like it's there's no break. The season ended last Thursday and Anthony Davis was traded on Saturday. We had one day where everybody was talking about the NBA finals and then the off season started literally one day. And then even on that day, Everyone was still talking. So in the way that the stars are moved around, like an Anthony Davis type. There have been four trades tonight while we were recording this podcast. Oh, yeah, I believe it. And then people are going to get traded afterwards, too. It's going to have that awkward, like, Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson moment where they have to switch Woj is just going off on Twitter tonight. I got to check my phone. Yeah, he's amazing. Like, everyone's getting traded right now. <laughs> so, uh, so I think the NBA has the best offseason. Best regular season is college football. It's the only sport where you lose one game and you're yep. fucked. 
Yeah, and that's what I had in my tweet too, and that's for the same reason. I mean, if you lose a game, you're out. Yeah. And the NFL is very good, and every Sunday matters. Well, you can still lose four games and be the best team in the league. Right. If you lose one game in college football, your season is potentially over. I and mean, if you lose two games, you're probably not getting into the playoff. The NFL, none of the other leagues have that. The NBA no. lets everybody in. So, I mean, the regular season, it doesn't even count. Baseball, it's too long. I don't watch hockey, so it's irrelevant. That yeah. Kind of thing. And trade deadline, I think it's, again, it's, I actually think it's, Oh God, it's probably baseball. I said, uh, yeah, I, the NFL, it sucks because enough players don't get moved. NBA, I, this is not as good. Uh, postseason, I'm going to shock you here. It's hockey. So people tweeted that at me too, but I don't watch hockey. Like I, I am so out of it touch. It is the with most hockey. intense postseason. It's like a, th- there are fights that there's so much more active. The series, like there's true rivalries. Guys grow beards. I mean, it's hockey's postseason. You don't even have to watch the regular season. Just watch the playoffs and you'll be a hockey fan. Yeah, you could almost say that it's madness, except for somebody already took that. Oh, March that madness count? That count? is the best postseason there is. Like, people take off a week of work just to watch basketball people are games. Lazy. No, hell yeah, they are. But in, then you, like, when we're in Nashville for spring break, hockey playoffs are going on, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And also... March Madness. March Madness. People at the bar will stop what they are doing because they're watching college basketball. I don't remember. Like the Predators were in the playoffs. Three years ago, I became a Predators fan because of all the crazy fans who were going to the Predators game. Yeah, but we were in the city. Like we were were in a bar in Nashville and people stopped what they're doing so we could watch Virginia get their ass kicked by the 16th seed. Yeah, okay. March. It takes a lot for me to stop dancing. And that got me. Like, I spent the night at the Somebody bar. Somebody else was dancing. So. <laughs> All right. Last question from Tyler Warden. Speaking of Nashville, power rank these bachelor party locales. Tyler, are you getting married? I feel like we need to have a conversation. If so, I am i don't know where the invite is, I but it needs it to too. be coming. So Nashville, Kansas City, Vegas, Miami, and Scottsdale. I just want to come out and tell you right now, Kansas City is last. You think so? Yeah, I love Kansas City. You know that. Like, I yeah. consider it uh, to be our second home. We're there all the time. We're going to be there in a couple weeks. I think it's last. I I would probably agree with that. And maybe it's just because I've been to everything, so I'm kind of over it. But I would I would definitely have Nashville first. I love that city. I could I could move there if I needed to. Uh, there's so much to do. The bars down on Broadway are great. I'd dance my ass off, maybe even lose a little weight if I move there. So for me, if I'm going to have another bachelor party, spoiler alert, I won't. It would be in Nashville. So I power ranked it this way. Kansas City, five. Kansas City's great. Like, go eat barbecue. It would have to be like, oh, we're going to watch baseball and drink beer and eat barbecue and then maybe go out one night. Because Kansas City, like, power and light is so douchey. Westport has kind of gotten unsafe. Like, it's just, I feel like it's tough. Scottsdale will be fourth to me. I've spent a week there and... I feel like I don't own enough pink polos and white belts to go out in Scottsdale. So maybe it's a personal preference. The weather's great. You're not going to have to worry about that. But I just, I don't know. It depends on how old you are. That's also a thing. If you're in the early 20s, Scottsdale might be a little higher for you. I think Miami is third. It is expensive as fuck. And unless you have a beach body, you're going to feel like a whale. And I'm just going to (laughs) get sunburnt. And that's going to ruin a day for me. It happens every time I go somewhere with a beach. Anytime you go on vacation. Number two would be Vegas. Vegas is amazing for guys. Like for a group of guys, Vegas is unbeatable. You go all going together. You get a villa. 
I know this sounds like a movie, but just really do this. It's worth it. Uh, do not share a bedroom with another grown man or a bed with another grown man, though. I don't care if you have to stay somewhere a block off the strip. If you are over 22 years old, you do not share a bed with another man on a trip. It's difficult. Share a bedroom. Don't share a bed. I, you get the two singles, I get it. You're not bringing one back to your room, but I get it. If that's your, if that's what you need <laughs> that's to do, not a rule. If you don't, need to save some money, to I get it. But <laughs> Vegas would be second. You can get into so much trouble. Get a cabana by the pool. Just sit, chill, get your hangover over. Go out at night. You can drink for free if you know what you're doing. But Nashville is number one. I would pretty much power rank them the same Here's way. Here's why Nashville's one. Sorry to interrupt Go you. For I'm very passionate Just rant about this topic. On this. Nashville's number one because Nashville is the king or queen city of bachelorette parties Mm -hmm. and what do gentlemen on a bachelor party want to do have some fun (laughs) and there's nashville is so full of bachelorette parties you will not pay a cover to get into a bar in nashville oh at all i mean no covers i next year we should count how many we see i mean i bet it would be three a night just in one bar like one time yeah yeah, it's ridiculous. I power ranked them pretty much the same way for mostly the same reasons. I went Nashville, number one. Vegas, even though I don't really like Vegas, it would be two. That is, It's a city that's made to drink in. You can't do wrong by taking yeah. your bachelor party to Vegas. Even if you lock your friend on the roof, that looks like it's a good time. So I'm with you there. I've never been to Scottsdale, uh, but I, I mean, they golf a lot there. I think that would be a good opportunity. That would be fun. And because, like you said it, in Miami, you're going to feel like a whale unless you're just taking a whole bachelor party of ripped out dudes with you. Like, what are you doing yeah. in, in Miami? In Miami, like, I, I know some folks that live down there and they don't even like it. I'm sure it would I don't be think like, I could do three days at South Beach. Right. That's what I was going to say. Maybe a night or two. But I think it would just yeah. get old. But I've also never been to Miami. And then Kansas City, probably because it's like two hours away, it would be last for me. Love the city though, and I yeah, I think I it too. definitely earns its spot. If you're on like with a, other, if you're a little bit older, Kansas City would be a great bachelor party town. Yeah, I, I mean the barbecue is great. There's spots to go out downtown and drink and have fun and do all that other stuff. There's golfing, baseball games. Yeah, great opportunities. All right, that is our show. Thank you all for participating with the draft on draft questions. With everything that you do, we will be back Monday morning. We're gonna have some fun. I can't remember is Connor back. Connor is not back Monday morning. I had to look at my notes. Melo and I will be here. We're probably just going to talk about the NBA draft. I'm going to be honest. We got a boys weekend coming up ourselves. Going to hit the old SGF, do some golf and do some drinking. It's going to be fun. We'll let you know how it goes when we talk to you Monday morning.